This is the Hello 20s podcast. My name is Jan and I'm your host. I'm an online content creator trying to navigate life while in my 20s and sprinkling a little knowledge and wisdom here and there. Let's face it, we don't have it all figured out, but we can learn a little from each other along the way. And I'm so glad you guys are tuning in on today's podcast. welcome back to today's episode um at this time i kind of wish like podcast had an optional video portion because right now i'm in like one of the cutest apartments also i want you guys to see who's joining me on today's episode because it's not a solo f and um so welcome to the podcast Michaela. <laughs> <laughs> thank you i'm so happy to be here I have to like tell everyone this when I first started the podcast I was like in the stage of brainstorming and I knew I wanted to have guests and I knew that I wanted to like I wanted you to be one of my guests and I had a list of people and when I announced that I was doing a podcast you replied to my story (laughs) and said that you wanted to be on it and I was like oh my god yes 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 like of course like I want you to be on it what I didn't know is one it'll happen this fast Right. Because I just launched a podcast like two months ago, I believe. And you're my first guest. Exciting. And we would actually be doing this in person. Like we already had trouble That's figuring crazy. <laughs> we already had trouble figuring this out, like how to do it. So I didn't know like how it would be like if I wasn't here, you know? Yeah, I don't think it would be happening. Yeah. If you weren't <laughs> <visiting> me. <laughs> do you want to do like a quick summary of who you are and yes. what you do? Okay. Okay. So, like Jan said, my name is Michaela. I am 23 years old. I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I just graduated from the University of Minnesota. I got my bachelor's in English with a creative writing minor. And right now, my post-grad life is kind of just focusing on work and creating content. I have a YouTube channel, and that's, like, my main passion. Yeah. 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 Okay, so we're going to do some quick fires. So just some questions. You ready? I'm it's like ready. 11 questions. <laughs> okay. All right. Morning routine or night routine? Night routine. Favorite word? Oh, shoot. <laughs> How could I forget? I... <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to cut all this out because I sorry. feel like I had a really good one. Oh, no. <laughs> How do I? I'm blanking. What is it? I'm looking deep into your eyes <laughs> as if that's going to help me remember my favorite word. Um, phantasmagorical. What is that? So it's the stars that you see when you close your eyes or like rub them tightly. Oh, I didn't know that was a word. Mm -hmm, It's phantasmic. Why is that your favorite word? Uh, I found it in high school when I was reading a book for class and I just really liked it. Okay, next one. Who is the last person you text and what was the text? Okay, let's check right now because I'm in the middle of texting a few people and this (laughs) conversation could go a few different ways. Oh no! <laughs> what is it? How? Um, it's to someone that I met at a bar. <laughs> what? What do you, uh, you say? Oh, what do you say? Yeah, you don't have to say what he said. I said today we're filming my content and then recording her podcast episode, so not sure when that airs because he asked when the posts were airing. Ah bar guy mm-hmm. he's in deep <laughs> yeah we don't have to talk about him much <laughs> all right next one what is the first thing you notice when you meet someone new their outfit best compliment someone has ever given you or a compliment that you think would be the best compliment to receive something that has to do with passion so nothing 
appearance-wise, but when they notice your hard work or something that you love to do, because uh, it comes from the inside. I love that. A quality trait you look for in a friend. Honesty and loyalty. Okay. I think loyalty and honesty are two of my two. Yeah. Two of mine, too. All right. What is a quality trait you look for in a partner? Ooh. Again, honesty and loyalty. One, though. You have to choose. Okay. Um, compatibility. <laughs> That was, like, none of the things that you just mentioned. <laughs> what keeps you awake at night? All of my worries. Like, everything that I've ever done in my entire life, dating back to when I was five years old. Oh, my God. I get really anxious at night. <laughs> <laughs> one goal you have for this new year? A very practical one. Fix my broken car. Needs a new transmission. <laughs> <laughs> that jerking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the world would be a better or worse place if everyone suddenly could read each other's thoughts? Oh my gosh, definitely worse. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but wouldn't you? I mean, I kind of see that, but like. Ignorance it, is bliss. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the last one favorite memory of us. Oh, I really loved when you visited me last summer. I think the last day you were here, we went to the Sunridge Bridge, took photos, you found the sunflower. Oh, yeah. That was the, the best sun- day. Yeah. yeah, I think the favorite, like, two of my top favorite memories, I was thinking about this earlier when I woke up early mm-hmm. this morning. Oh, when I was passed out until noon? <laughs> uh, is when I was packing last summer, like, go, trying to, like, packing, going yeah. home, and we just had, like, a jam sesh in your yeah. bedroom. Do you remember that? Oh, that's my favorite, too. I really like um, when we played guitar and sang Taylor Swift songs. Yeah, and then also I really liked when we went to Playlist Live, and then uh, Nicole took us to the green room. Mm-hmm. But, like, my favorite part of that was when we had to go, like, we got caught. Because <laughs> we weren't supposed to be in there. <laughs> yeah, and then we uh, went upstairs. Like, we tried to go by ourselves upstairs to that level yes. of the hotel to get our stuff. But, like, the security guard wouldn't let us go, like, enter yep. the level. And uh, we had to, like, you had to call Nicole to, like, get the keys and everything uh, or she had to come see us and Ricky Dillon just walked oh by oh my gosh <laughs> I forgot about that and he made eye contact with us and was like hey yeah and then we were just like <laughs> casually like waiting with the security guard <laughs> like it was very obvious that we were just, like trapped like yeah. he knew we got caught because yeah. we were by the security guards yeah, and we weren't just, allowed like, to casual, be there yeah he like casually walked by he was very nice he was mm-hmm. okay so In today's episode, um, I want to cover a few things. So that includes social media and being like an influencer, college, and post-grad life. Perfect. So um, before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about like our relationship Mm -hmm. because on Instagram, we ask people to like ask us questions and someone did ask us like, oh, how did you and Michaela meet? And um, so do you want to give a little backstory on that? Because I feel like that's going to be like... Yeah, a good intro I'd love to. on how we know each other. Yeah, I oh, I love this story. Okay, so Jan and I met through YouTube. She found my channel uh, four years ago. She was in high school. I was a freshman in college, and she actually commented on one of my very first videos I ever posted, which was college expectations versus reality. And then I went to her channel from that comment, watched a few of her videos really appreciated the creativity and passion that she was putting into her videos. I watched her high school graduation reflection video, um, which I think would be really fun to react to now, Uh. watching back like your (laughs) video and my first video. 
and I commented and we kind of started commenting back and forth on each other's videos until we somehow got past that. And you asked for my phone yeah. number. <laughs> yep, so I was doing a big video project where I needed other YouTubers to help me out. And I asked her to vlog a portion of her going to a Barnes & Noble because I had my first publication. I'm a writer, so I got my first publication. And I asked her to vlog herself picking it out and reading it for a big video project of mine. And for that, I needed her phone number so that she could send me the video. Um, Keep in mind, I'm very cautious when it comes to meeting people online. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh my god, like she's asking for my number. <laughs> like, do I give it to her? <laughs> well, I'm so glad you did because then we started texting and talking to each other. And I realized that we were really like compatible. Like we were good friends. We had yeah. a lot to talk about. I think we could relate to a lot of things. And then we started FaceTiming. I remember that first night we FaceTimed, I was so nervous. I like set up the background of my room, had good lighting. I had my vlog camera ready. And we talked for a bit and decided to go to Playlist Live DC together. Mm -hmm. And we also decided that Jan would visit me in a few months. Yeah. Um, in Minnesota. It was the first time I ever traveled alone together. I mean, together. <laughs> it was the first time I ever traveled alone in general and like fly alone. So that was kind of scary. But, and like to meet a stranger I met online. Mm -hmm. Did it feel like you were meeting a stranger? Um, not really because like we've been talking for a good like half a year maybe I think yeah so I felt like I knew you well enough you made videos online so I know mm -hmm. who you are you're not like catfishing me you no. know so you made videos online I watched your videos so I kind of got an idea of who you are and then you asked for my number we started texting then we FaceTime so it was like a gradual like get to know yeah, it you. happened very naturally too. yeah like, nothing was forced yeah so I felt a little bit more comfortable like coming to visit you because mm -hmm. I know kind of who you are um, but I probably wouldn't have done that if I, like, I met somebody off of, like, Instagram and, like, we never talked. Yeah, it's a very different platform. Yeah. Um, and, like, I remember driving home from work or being on my work break when we first started talking and I would just call you and we'd oh, talk. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Do you remember when... <laughs> what? So many memories came back to my mind because I remember I would be babysitting and you'd be... Mm -hmm. Do you remember that one time, that skater guy? What? You don't remember that? Skater guy? Yeah, like a skater guy like DM'd you or stuff and was like, hey, let's go skating. <gasps> oh, I was trying to, okay, I thought you meant something with you. No, 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 oh, you. Yeah. When something happened in my life that I wanted to tell a friend, I felt like calling Jan. Like it Aww. felt very natural even though we had never met. Like I had to tell her what was up with my life. Aww. And I think that's what made it feel so... Like, when I met you for the first time, I felt like I had already met you. Like, mm -hmm. we had already hung out because of how close we became. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And I think it has to do with the fact that we both created videos. Like, yes. we have that in common. So, I like that. It's yeah. a unique story. It is. Um, okay, so speaking of YouTube and college videos, let's talk a little bit about your college career because your path was a little different from mine. And mm -hmm. I think... It can be relatable to someone who may be starting college or someone in the middle of college. Like, they can relate to your situation. Okay. So, let's start with where you went to college first. Yes. I attended the College of Worcester in Worcester, Ohio for my freshman year and then two months of my sophomore year. Um, this was back, like, four years ago at this point. Four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. It's 2014. 
And I chose to go to that college because they gave me a full scholarship, so I had nothing to lose. I wouldn't have any debt. I thought that would be worth it, Mm -hmm. and I could make it a good experience because going into it, I knew all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had a really tough year. It was super isolating. Like I said, I'm from the city. I live in Minneapolis, but going to Ohio, I was in the middle of (laughs) cornfields. (laughs) <laughs> I was super isolated and lonely, and the school was very small. There were only about 500 freshmen, which seems very large to me because my high school only had 100 kids per grade. That's so. crazy because, like, 500 is, like, my graduation, like graduating class in high school. Yeah, and that's something that I didn't really realize would still feel small because mm-hmm. in my head at the time, I was in such a bubble from high school that I thought, oh, that's five times the amount of kids that I had in high school. That seems huge ginormous yeah and then I got to college realized that very quickly I knew everyone (laughs) and everyone knew me and there were some cons to that yeah um and I definitely didn't vibe with anyone every single school in my opinion has a personality type and for the most part students that choose that college fit that personality because when you visit or decide to attend a college you realize that that is the school for you based on the personality and everything Um, And I never really felt that connection. I feel like I went there for the wrong reasons. So I had a hard time making friends. Academically, I didn't feel like it was up my alley. Like, Mm -hmm. it wasn't what I was looking for. And I felt very alone. Um, This was before I started YouTube. I was a a subscriber to many channels. So I watched a lot of content. And I realized the only people in my life that felt the same way about college were other YouTubers that were talking about their experiences, either dropping out or transferring or choosing a different path than going to school. Mm -hmm. Um, Because my social circles, everyone loved college. Everyone made it look like they loved college their freshman year on Instagram and Facebook. So I felt really left out. I felt like there was something wrong with me for not having a good experience. And I was also upset that even though I found YouTubers that felt the same way, I felt like no one was making the content about college that I related to and felt like should be talked about. So spring of my freshman year, I started making college videos to talk about my experience and how I felt about it. And that's why I created the college expectations versus reality video, Mm -hmm. um, just to really highlight what it's actually like. Yeah. And... I, like, vividly remember watching that video. I was a senior in high school, and I was very nervous about college. Not a lot of um, people made college videos at that time because people were either, like, in high school or they were people who decided not to go to college, you know, Mm -hmm. and pursue YouTube or pursue something else besides college. Yeah, YouTube was a very different platform back then. There weren't a lot of college creators. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so YouTube really helped me during that hard time and helped me feel less alone, gave me an outlet, gave me someone to talk to or to feel heard. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was basically my freshman year. I was just super sad, super alone, and YouTube helped. So when did you know you had to get out of there? Because I remember you made a video too when I was, and I remember watching it and I saw your snaps and I was like, is she like dropping out of college like Mm -hmm. so how did like that obviously doesn't happen overnight no not at all um that feeling was festering inside for over a year Mm -hmm. since I started my freshman year all I wanted to do was go home I applied to transfer out my spring semester freshman year and everyone in my life was telling me give it a full year like a lot can change you're still settling in so I listened to the adults in my life and I stayed a full year 
did not want to go back at all. I did not plan on going back my sophomore year, but the summer in between those years, I didn't get housing at the University of Minnesota, which was my backup option, and I got a really good single dorm back in Ohio, so I thought maybe that was a sign and I would have a better year. Um, so I chose, like, a week before school started to return to Ohio. This was going into your sophomore year? Yes, sophomore year of college, and I just was really hoping for a better year. Um, I was taking more classes that I wanted to take. I wouldn't have a roommate. I had YouTube now as a support system. So I went back, and I lasted until October. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Until I... I remember that. It was, like, right before or after Halloween. I remember. Yeah, Yeah. I went home for fall break. Um, Actually, no, it was before Halloween because I went home the first week of October for fall break and it was the warmest week in Minnesota. I was out by the lakes. I felt so happy and I just realized I could never go back. Yeah. Um, And I had a really hard first semester that... that, I had a really hard start to the semester that year too. Mm -hmm. The week before going home... I remember having, like, a mental breakdown, crying in my dorm, calling my high school best friend, telling her that I was failing all these classes, which wasn't really true. I failed a test, and the perfectionist in me felt like it was over, um, and I was still applying myself. I was trying so hard, and I couldn't get it right, mm-hmm. um, and I felt very depressed and very alone, and I realized that I needed to chase my happiness instead of staying somewhere that I wasn't happy at. I gave it a second chance and it wasn't working. So when I came home for fall break, oh, side note, I was also really in love with this boy I met on Tinder at the time. (laughs) 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 Who, like, we only hung out maybe three times. We made out. That was, like, the furthest it had gone. (laughs) And I was like, he's the one. So (laughs) he was in Minnesota, too. And I came home and we hung out. And it didn't really go well. There was... No connection there, but I still felt madly in love with him, and I had... The hormones. Yep. <laughs> and I had to stay. Like, I could not leave him, even yeah. though, fun fact, he moved to New York, and he told me that. Like, I knew going in he was moving to New York. Yeah. But in my silly mind, I thought, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like at that point, you did want to move out of Minnesota, you know? Yeah, I think I definitely needed that year out of Minnesota at college to appreciate Minnesota and to be okay staying here Mm -hmm. but I also still thought that New York City was meant to be my home (laughs) yeah yeah so did you ever like join any clubs or anything when you were in Ohio um sort of I almost rushed I I'm not a fan of sororities I know you're in one but it's probably really different at your school because my school was so small that sororities were kind of seen as a joke Mm -hmm. and it wasn't well structured um it was basically a group of friends to just drink with and go out and each sorority had like a certain drug that people knew them as like doing mm-hmm. as like this is just very blunt and honest yeah but, no. um yeah so like the sorority girls that I connected with that invited me out um they were known as the coke sorority like mm-hmm. they were known as snorting coke um and no one took them seriously so at first I thought I need to make friends so I'll hang out with them but Mm -hmm. I did not like that crowd definitely not for me Mm -hmm. um and I almost joined the newspaper but I also got really nervous this was the first time in my life where I was the new kid I went to a high school from well my secondary school was from preschool until graduation of high school so I knew the same kids growing up I never was in a situation where I didn't know what I was walking in on Mm -hmm. and 
I learned in college I had social anxiety. Yeah. That I got really nervous meeting new people, so I never showed up to a meeting, but I got the emails. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. Yeah, I really didn't apply myself or join clubs. Do you think, like, if you did join and had that social group of, like, support there, you might have not transferred out? No. No? mm I think you did give it a shot, though. Yeah. And so what would your advice be for people who did start college, but, like, maybe it's not for them? Because um, that's a hard decision to, like, right. make. You feel when you are at college that you don't have any other options, that you chose this school, your parents, you know, helped you move in, and you're there, and you have to stay, and that is so far from the truth. It is totally okay to transfer. I talk about this a lot on my YouTube channel. I have a ton of helpful videos about transferring and my experience, but transferring can be the best decision for you if it's what will help your happiness or what makes the most sense for your situation. Or financially. Exactly, yes. Um, And also the traditional path to college or how do I say this? It's okay to not follow the traditional route to mm-hmm. college. A lot of people think you have to move into the dorms and live on campus and do the whole quote-unquote college thing. Yeah. But it's also okay if you live at home and commute or work full-time and go to a few classes here and there or take online schooling. There are so many different routes to college, and there is no deadline for graduation. That was yeah. a big thing, too, where I, I felt like I had to graduate on time with my classmates yeah um and I it took me five years to graduate yeah and that's okay I never I didn't graduate late I just I graduated yeah Mm -hmm. with transferring since like I never transfer I don't know like much about transferring but there is like a process and I feel like sometimes maybe people are ashamed of transferring because maybe their credits don't match up with the new university that they want to go to so they have Mm -hmm. to go to community college and they don't like people look down on community college but it's not something it's not something you should really look down on because like I know people who went to community college and they saved a lot of money because they went to um so they went for their first two years because like everybody's learning the same thing the first two years Mm -hmm. you know and then they transfer to my university and so they're still graduating on time they're still getting that degree when you do transfer you sometimes do have to go to community college and that does take some time so you don't graduate within like the four years you know the average four years exactly and that's fine you know yep or you could go straight to community college outside of high school like Mm -hmm. after graduation and that's okay too Um, I felt shame transferring. I don't think anyone put shame on me, but I felt like I should be ashamed for transferring and changing my path. Yeah, Um, actually, that's something I wanted to ask you. mm -hmm. Because when I was a junior, I wanted to go to this specific university that was a few hours away. And we talked about how, like, the traditional route of college. And um, I wanted to have that experience, but I also wanted to get away from home and just, like, be like everybody else. Like, everybody wants to, like, kind of be, like, in the in crowd, you know, or, like, have that average or, like, normal college life. Um, But in, like, senior year when I was starting to apply, I wasn't exactly sure if I wanted to go to that college or like a few other ones I applied to that were like a few hours away or go to the university that was like right in town you know Mm -hmm. and so the drawback of like choosing the university that was close to home is that I would have to live at home and obviously if I live at home I don't have that traditional college experience Mm -hmm. with me asking that question is that how did you feel when you came back from out of state going to community college for a few years or for like a semester or two Mm -hmm. and then transferring to a university that's in town when people ask you oh what university do you go to you're like oh I go to this specific university that's like close to town where you're able to commute people are like oh 
that's good. Yeah, you always get that question like, oh, so do you live at home then? Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like, it's not bad, you know, to live at home. Not at all. You save money and you're, if you're close with your family, you're with your family. Yeah. Um, but I guess like some people, they just think that the traditional route of college is what you should be doing. So if you don't do that, it's like, oh, it's like, it's that tone, you know? Yeah, and it's weird because a lot of kids in college aren't even paying their own rent to mm-hmm. live on campus. Their parents are paying for them to basically move out of their own house. Yeah. Um, and so I don't, like, the element of shame or, like, judgmental, like, oh, you live at home? It's like, well, yeah, because it's not like my parents are going to, like, help me, like, move. Yeah. I mean, some people do. I don't really know where I was going with that, but. I know for me, some of my friends, they do have to pay for their own rent but others like their parents help out a lot exactly so the shame of like oh you're still living at home yeah I don't get the shame of that either because when I moved back in with my parents I missed my bedroom so much I missed being able to do laundry for free and taking a bath in a bathtub instead of showering in a dirty dorm shower Mm -hmm. Um, I missed cooking and everything that I took for granted suddenly had a new meaning so Mm -hmm. I was super happy to be back at home when you like transferred uh and you started like telling your friends how did people react Mm -hmm. obviously you had friends who were very supportive but then there are going to be like people who you're not super close with and they're like oh did you hear like Michaela moved back home and stuff how did you like deal with that and my case is kind of unique too because I decided to post it all online publicly yeah um this is what I do for big decisions and I definitely recommend it if it's something that you know for sure you're going to do and don't want people's input Mm -hmm. instead of asking people what to do and so with my friends I kept everyone kind of in the dark even my parents I knew I was going to drop out but I didn't ask people for their advice I didn't ask them like oh do you think it's a bad idea that I'm going to drop out next week I next week <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> um I did it all on my own I emailed my professors I talked to my college I got all the paperwork and signatures that I needed and when I went home for fall break the scariest thing was having dinner with my parents and instead of asking them if I can drop out I just decided to tell them oh so they were they didn't know at all no so how did they react to that um I had a plan so I made sure to present it maturely so that they knew I wasn't just not thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how this went down, but basically I was like, guess what? I'm not returning to college. I signed all this stuff. <laughs> I'm dropping out temporarily. I wanted to take this semester off, come home and work, make some money. I told them about the jobs that I had already started to apply for and my plan, which was to work through the year Mm -hmm. and then attend the community college that both of my parents went to Mm -hmm. get my associate's degree which I did and then transfer to the university close to my house which I also did so I did follow through on my plan but I made sure that my parents knew I had a plan that I was thinking it through that I wasn't um just dropping out yeah making any intense decisions just on my feelings because they knew I was unhappy they knew I hated it um but they didn't really know that I (laughs) did all like made those plans yeah and I did the same thing with my friends because my friends liked college so they were always like oh give it another try go out and meet some people maybe you should join a sport yeah I had one of my best friends her mom tried to talk to me and she was like you know I made so-and-so join soccer her first fresh like year of college and I think she was trying to like encourage me to join a team of some sort 
Um, so yeah, instead of telling my friends, instead of asking my friends what to do, I told them the same way I told my parents, and mm-hmm. I waited until everything was official. Mm-hmm. And then with my YouTube, I pre-filmed a ton of videos my last week at college because after I knew I drop was going to drop out, I stopped going to class. So I okay. had like two weeks on campus just sleeping in my dorm and filming <laughs> videos. So I filmed a ton of college content so I would have footage to upload for the next few months at home. I dropped out in October. In December, I told my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And I posted that I have to tell you something video where I vlog the experience of dropping out. That actually got a lot of um, views, too. Yeah. So that, like, either, like, people are just curious as to, like, your life and that, but I think it also shows that peop- there are people out there mm-hmm. who are searching for these videos because they don't feel like they fit in in college, you know? Yes, I agree. I'm yeah. really proud of that video, too. Me too. Thank you. you. Your, like, experience with college is different, definitely, but it's helpful for other people who are experiencing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I would hope so. That's kind of what I want out of my experiences. I want to be able to learn from them and then help other people that feel the same way. Yeah, and I think with you dropping out of college, you had a plan, a step-by-step mm-hmm. plan. You weren't just going to be like, I'm dropping out of college. Like, <laughs> I'm not doing anything. Like, you hustled. Like, I know you worked a yes. lot. You babysat a lot, and you... I was working 13 hours a day that year that I dropped out. Three jobs. Mm-hmm. I worked at a daycare from 7 in the morning. Oh my God, the daycare? I forgot. Yes, <laughs> that's when I would, I would call you during my break. <laughs> remember um the day the kid threw up no 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 I just like I'm not gonna include this but I'm do you remember when you were like you thought your like manager someone was hitting up on you or something (gasps) she was she asked if I was a lesbian (laughs) I might include this actually and that year of just working I wasn't expecting this at all but halfway through I really missed school like I missed the structure I missed learning so I I read a lot of academic books on my own. That's good. And I took writing classes downtown. I missed the classroom environment a lot. So I knew that school was something I wanted to go back to, mm-hmm. um, which helped motivate me get through that year on my own working. And it also, it didn't romanticize anything. Because in college, I was like, oh, I wish I didn't have to do this. I wish I could just work and be happy. And then I did that, and I still missed college, too. Yeah, I think that was a sign. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I know the answer to this, but if if we rewind back, would there be anything you wish you could do differently or better? Honestly, no. I used to think, oh, of course, like I wish I never went to school in Ohio, but I, I know if I chose a different college, I would never have started my YouTube channel, and I needed that time in Ohio to really create who I am today. So if I never started that channel, I would be a completely different person. I feel like I would... I would, it sounds like I'd be very sad. Like, this is my entire passion and outlook on life and creating. I wouldn't be sitting here with you yeah. making a podcast episode, which is yeah. super cool. Um, and I, I feel like, I believe everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. So, no, I wouldn't change anything. Okay. So, we're done with your college career. And yes. you, recent, you recently just graduated with your undergrad. So, congratulations. Thank you. Um, so I think you mentioned it earlier, what you majored in, right? Yeah. I have to ask you this because I'm going to graduate next semester, so I'm trying to figure out, you know, what <laughs> I want to do with my life now and the next plans of um, this next chapter. So we kind of talked about this, like, on the side already, but what are your plans, like, post-grad life? Okay, so 
Immediately after graduating, I worked full-time at a restaurant, and I also manage their social media, so Instagram and Facebook pages. I take photos of food and post them, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also do YouTube, in my opinion, full-time, if not more. Mm-hmm. My hopes for post-grad is I want to be self-employed. I want to be, like, a self-employed YouTuber someday, and I keep telling myself if I pretend that I already am, then you maybe... fake it. Yep, till fake it till you make it. Then mm-hmm. maybe someday it'll come true, and I'm just waiting until... The day I make more from YouTube than I am from the restaurant, I'm going to quit my restaurant job. Um, But that's the goal post-grad, is just to create my own path, be my own boss, self-branding, creating my own content, and seeing where that will take me. And I think what you mentioned, like, just waiting, I think, like, some people may be thinking, like, oh, you're not really doing anything, but you're... You're not really waiting. You're just, like, I'm hustling harder. Yeah, Yeah. you're working your way to that. Exactly, because I know I can't do it right now immediately after graduation so I still have my other jobs so I can live the lifestyle that I live um but I'm still posting at least two to three videos a week Mm -hmm. and just hustling hard to try to get to where I want to be I know that a lot of people ask what I want to do with my degree and when I started college I wanted to teach so I got my English degree to be a teacher but right now I just don't see myself doing that so it's a backup in Mm -hmm. a way but also a personal accomplishment to have this degree and who knows what will happen years down the road with the internet vine died youtube could die someday too yeah which is super scary to think about um and if that if that happens i have a degree to back you up yep so i'll be able to get a job we just talked about social media one question i have for you is i don't really (laughs) like the word influencer no me either i was gonna ask you like how you feel about the word influencer because I like we're kind of like it I don't think I'm an influencer um but you obviously have a bigger following than I do if someone asked you like oh what do you do like would you want to say like oh I'm an influencer or what would you want to be called as usually when people ask me that I say I'm a content creator Mm -hmm. and I post videos of my life on YouTube um I avoid the word influencer because it implies that we believe I don't, it's weird because some people are influencers naturally, but I don't consider myself influential. Yeah. Um, and I think content creator allows more freedom and creativity mm-hmm. to do what we do. And it's not as impressionable as influencer can feel. I feel like the word influencer has a very negative connotation to it yeah. nowadays, especially because there's so many like, oh, Instagram influencers, where do, mm-hmm. where they're just like posting about like products and stuff, and there's like no substance besides ads mm-hmm. in general. Like I, I think it's okay to post, 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 post content <laughs> about, um, ads and products but make sure like you have other content that's more substantial you probably heard that like the loudest thing (laughs) i've ever heard yeah there's a lack of substance yeah the word influencer yeah um and i also consider myself so much more as a person than just oh i'm a youtuber i'm an instagrammer i'm an influencer i recently went on a first date Um, And he knew I did YouTube, but I never once was like, yeah, I'm a YouTuber. It was more so like, oh, I like to post YouTube videos. It's just a part of me, but it's not who I am completely. Yeah. And those that refer to either themselves or other people as influencers, it feels very 
surrounding like it's completely who they are yeah i agree with social media we knew each other four years ago but we met in person two years ago and since then i've seen you grow significantly because you've like i said hustle (laughs) and i've told you that already like already like i've really admire how hard you work because I'm gonna be honest when we first started I had a larger following you did but I kind of fell because I was more focused on life and school but you were focused on creating content and you were focused on your life as well how do you like balance school work social media creating content and just life outside like relationships friendships Mm -hmm. because I think for me I have a hard time balance balancing it all um i mentioned it in my last episode as well i prioritize work and school and just like life outside of content making more than creating content so how do you do that for me it's all about organization i have i think three three calendars that i use Mm -hmm. at the same time i plan out a month's worth of videos Mm -hmm. and I figure out what day I want to post them. Then I base off of that, okay, which day am I filming? And then how many days will it take to edit this? And some days I try to film three to four videos at once. Mm -hmm. That'll give me about two weeks of content. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's all about organization and, like, planning out a month, basically. Yeah. Um, I was really fortunate towards the end of my college career. Career sounds funny to use, but... um, (laughs) College life. Life, yep, because... A lot of my classes were online, yeah. so that helped me prioritize my time. Uh-huh. But I'm not always the great with balance because I tend to push friendships and relationships to the side. So luckily, there are friendships like ours where no matter how much time goes by, I can text you and we can talk like we've been talking forever. Yeah. Um, and it's not always like that. I think I've lost a lot of friendships throughout college because we were both focusing on ourselves, which is okay. And we still talk here and there, but it's just something that I realized I probably gave up to succeed in other ways. And I recently got out of a two-year relationship, and the big reason that it didn't work out was because of time management and how I wasn't giving him enough time. I was focusing on school and YouTube and putting other things before our relationship. Um, So long story short, it ended because of how I yeah prioritize your time yeah I think like with me I really like I have FOMO so I think my FOMO stems from high school and how in high school I feel like I wasn't really included in some of the hangouts that I wish I was included so now that I have like really close friends that like we hang out all the time I'm aware that I consciously make the decision not to hang out because I rather focus on like some of the works that I have you know because you do have to give up that time you can't be in two places at once um and so sometimes I choose being with people over creating content and then I regret that but then if I'm creating content and not spending time with people I also regret that it's really hard to like balance that yeah it is and I think you probably value sleep a lot more than I do I do (laughs) Um, because in that from my own experience of hanging out with people and still needing to get work done I'll agree and I'll go out and hang out with them I'll come home at maybe one in the morning and edit an entire video until like four in the morning also you can stay up that late naturally yeah yeah and I can't stay up that late but Mm -hmm. also at the same time I my body wakes up early and then I don't work as productive in the morning as I do at night Mm -hmm. so there's that 
So we're both night owls to some extent, but you still naturally get up early. Yeah, and I think that's, like, what makes it hard for me to, like, because I've always, like, I I know I've seen your, like, social media and you're, like, grinding and hustling Mm -hmm. at, like, I don't know, two in the morning, and then I'm just like, I can't do that. I value sleep too much to do that, <laughs> and I think like that's a drawback that I have for myself, but also I'm okay with it too. It's probably healthier. <laughs> I, I feel like a workaholic a lot of the times. So. Yeah, we both worked with brands before. Mm-hmm. What is the best part with like working with brands, and what is the worst part, and what have you learned from working with brands? The best part about working with brands is when there's somebody out there that sees what you're doing, appreciates it, and then believes in you enough to pay you to talk about a product and to help create like a sponsored video when you get someone that's real and from America. Because sometimes you get like really poorly constructed emails. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And And their emails are so sketchy. Right. Like I don't respond to those type of emails. But when you get a legitimate agent or someone that's working with people like us to help Mm -hmm. promote their products, I feel like I accomplished something. Mm -hmm. It feels really good to be seen on the internet and want to want to be worked with. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But the worst part about working with brands is when they expect you to talk about their products for free Mm -hmm. um, and when they think that what we do is easy. Yeah. Um, So a lot of People assume that YouTubers don't need to get paid for products. They assume that we just film in our bedroom and upload it. And it takes a lot more work than that. Definitely. Um, And a lot of companies don't understand the concept of YouTube or audiences. And they think, oh, I'm going to send you this product, put it as the title, and just make it a five-minute review. Yeah. But no one's going to watch that. Especially nowadays. Mm -hmm. It it was different back then. But nowadays, it's so saturated. Like, people, it's like ads everywhere you know Mm -hmm. sponsored posts everywhere exactly um and if they don't want to pay you then don't work with them if they say they can't afford it that's a lie um i was emailing mix easy and scentbird Mm -hmm. and they sent me products and at the beginning they said that they couldn't pay me they were like oh we can't afford this right now so in my head if they're not paying me it is up to me to talk about it in a video Mm -hmm. i'll like accept the product but it there's no contract. Get a contract, too. That's, like, something... Have you, you written one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, it's really important to sign contracts so that you know you're getting paid. You should help me write one. Yeah, I will. Okay. Um, and anyway, so, yeah, they lied to me, said they couldn't pay me, sent me the products, and then wanted me to upload a video, which I didn't. I went to VidCon, and one of my friends at the time was working with the same company, mm-hmm. and I kid you not, they paid her $600 to talk about their perfume in a video. Really? Yeah, the same perfume that they sent me and said that they could not pay me. Interesting. Yeah. So what you've learned is that brands do have, like, the money Mm -hmm. to pay influencers. I hate saying that. Yeah, if they expect you to upload a video and talk about their product, they can pay you. When we both started social media uh, and, like, YouTube, there wasn't a lot of people in, like, this business, I guess. No. And nowadays, like, it's really saturated, especially YouTube and Instagram. And I think, like, with Instagram, there are a lot more people that I know in my personal life with, like, a second account or, like, with an an account that's, like, dedicated to something else. So um, how do you feel about that? About a second account? No, just, like, more people being into social media and hoping or just, like, maybe getting the chance to, you know, hit it. 
you know? Okay, this is kind of funny, but the first thing that comes to mind is I find it really funny when people's Instagrams, people that aren't self-branding or doing anything, it's just, like, their personal Instagram, they create, like, a business Instagram, and it says, like, influencer, blogger, creator, or what's another, like, entertainer. Yeah. And some people do it to be funny, and I think that's hilarious, but some people take it seriously, and it's just, like, their personal Instagram. Yeah. And I never know, like, what they mean by it. Yeah. Um, but I think that is part of, like, the impact of a saturated online world of social media influencers because it makes you believe, like, no matter who you are, that you can be one, too, by, even if you're not posting to a blog or have a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the beauty of it is that every anyone can be someone online or yeah. you have the potential there if it happens. Yeah. Um, but that also means that it's so much harder to stand out and to Definitely. actually succeed because there's an infinite amount of people using this platform that also believe they can succeed. Yeah, and I think with technology, like technology is so accessible nowadays mm-hmm. that it's just easier to do it too. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so with like so many people in like the industry and in the field and just like having Instagrams and uh, YouTube channels, what is like one thing that like really draws you to a specific account? Like you're, you look at them and you're like, yes, I want to follow that person. Authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, a variety of posts, not just the same type of picture. Selfies. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like if it's a ton of sponsored photos over and over again. I'm not for that. Um, And just aesthetically, the color of their theme, I think keeping a very clean theme does draw people in. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that, um, like themes and everything, Mm -hmm. because I remember I I visited you two years ago and you had, um, I think it was Unum. Mm-hmm. Did you use it two years ago? Yeah. Too? Okay, so you showed me that, and you're like, yeah, I'm, like, planning my post, and I'm just, in my mind, I didn't tell you this, but in my mind, I'm just like, this girl is crazy. <laughs> A lot of people thought that. I was like, why do you, like, plan your posts and stuff? But, like, nowadays, like, I get it, because, like, you do it too. You use yeah, the same I do app. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's helpful, especially if it's like a business account or like a yeah. brand account. Like you plan things out ahead of time, you know? Yes. So I understand you now and I understand like the like the grid, the theme. Like I, I understand that now. And But like at that time I didn't and you were the first person who like showed me that and I never told you that. Oh my gosh. So yeah. I like to believe that I like found that app before <laughs> it became what it is today. <laughs> um, so who are your favorite like YouTubers and Instagram accounts? So right now I'm really into teen moms on YouTube. So my favorite is Yasmin. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know her last name. I probably should. But I watch her a lot. I love KK and Baby J and OK Baby. Everyone is expecting babies right now. So it's just I love watching pregnancy videos. Yeah. Um, as for people. Instagram? Or yeah, Instagram. Um, I don't know. I, okay, so on my Instagram, if you go on it, I follow over a thousand people, Mm -hmm. but a lot of what I do is if someone follows me and they have, like, if it's a good account, I'll follow them back. Yeah. And then I'll just hit mute. So I'll mute them. (laughs) Um, It sounds mean, but my- The tea is coming out. (laughs) My Instagram, I want it to be like a personal feed. I just want to see people that I really know and care about. So I'll be nice and I'll follow people back, but unless I know them, I will mute them just to keep my Instagram authentic. So my feed is really just high school and college and YouTube friends of mine. Mm -hmm. And it prevents me from being on the app for like hours. Yeah. Um, So it, it looks like I follow a lot, but 
really, I probably only have a couple hundred that I keep up with. That's so funny because, <laughs> like I said, I, like, with your YouTube, like, you're being so unfiltered and so raw right now. And so for those who haven't watched your YouTube videos, you're also very raw and very unfiltered. Yes. And I just, like, don't know how you do that. Okay, I don't think I'm fake, but I do, like, censor myself a little bit. And, like, I think about, like, what I say sometimes. Because I, I do think more than I speak sometimes. And it's because I don't want to hurt someone's feelings. And it's because I don't want someone to, like, think of me in a certain way. But mm -hmm. it's also that authenticity and that rawness that really draws people in. How are you so open to being so raw and so unfiltered? I think it's easy for me when I'm alone in my bedroom filming because <laughs> I don't have that fear of an audience. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of introverts that do YouTube also feel that way where yeah. it's easier to talk to a camera because you're by yourself. Um, and when you hit upload, I can just shut the laptop screen afterwards yeah. and not have to worry about it. But I have always been really open and honest throughout my life. I've gone through a lot of personal, like, challenges throughout high school that have led me to become really okay with talking about things that other people might have a stigma against. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it comes from practice and then also just my relationship with my family because a lot of people that do YouTube or post online they're like oh well, I don't want my parents to know this or my mom would be so mad if I said this. Yeah. Uh, my parents have always given me like free range or I, they came to the conclusion that Michaela's going to say whatever she wants so we just have to cover our ears if we don't want to hear it <laughs> I think like um in the beginning when you had your like YouTube and your vlogs um you did mention to me that your mom was watching and mm -hmm. kind of like tell you like Michaela maybe you shouldn't say that yeah so I used to swear a lot in my videos and that is one thing that I started to try to censor myself at least on my main channel uh -huh. not to do um because my siblings watch my videos, and my youngest sibling is seven. Mm -hmm. So there are some times where I try to censor myself for the audience, but for the most time, I'm still honest, and I try... Content-wise, I'm honest, but censoring, like, swear words and stuff like that, I try to be a little more conscious of. Yeah. Yeah. Your audience isn't stupid. They're going to know if you're being fake. Mm -hmm. um, and I see it a lot when I watch videos, too. You can tell when someone's being real and when someone is just kind of posing for the camera. Someone who you think has that life, even if they don't film it, their life is not as great as you think it is. Yeah, exactly. And there's always, like, things that we can nick, nick, nitpick? Nitpick. Yeah, there's always things that we can pick in our life that, like, people will be like, oh, but that's, like perfect in your life. Yeah, and even when we asked our followers to ask us questions for this podcast, two people asked us, how are you guys so perfect? And it's funny to me. Yeah, because like, <laughs> honestly, there's so many things that I'm pretty insecure about that I yeah. like don't think I'm perfect, you know, so. Can I tell them about the eyelid? Yeah. <laughs> so Yan lands in Minnesota and one of the first things she tells me is how her face is uneven now because there's an extra line above her eyelid. Yeah. And only on one side. And I honestly, to this day, cannot even see it. I'm looking directly into <laughs> her, her eyes. 
And I don't see this insecurity that she has. It's a recent thing that occurred. So like maybe my body will like go back to normal. Yeah, like I've been pretty insecure about that recently <laughs> just because it happened recently. But everyone in my life has just been telling me like, they don't see it. But mm-hmm. like when I look in the mirror, I see it. A lot of people like think that their insecurities are the highlight that everyone will see. But no one notices it. Yeah. It's because we like look at ourselves in the mirror so often that we like notice these things i agree and also like with videos too i try never to be like oh don't i like yes i know i'm breaking out or look at this huge stain on my shirt i'm a mess because as soon as you say that everyone's looking at it and nobody noticed it before that's true that's true um so you mentioned about your relationship Mm -hmm. and how you recently got out of that relationship and how it's your first serious relationship I'd say so how did you guys meet we met on tinder (laughs) I was an avid user (laughs) of I think seven years at that point I was 21 when we met Uh uh-huh yeah wait you used it for seven years I was in high school using it because I remember being under 18 and lying so I could use the app oh my gosh yeah (laughs) um and you you like you guys got into a relationship right after I left Minnesota too yeah and then you guys broke up and I here I am (laughs) so it's like it never even happened yeah so um with your relationship you were pretty public about it especially when it got serious oh yeah and how did you feel about that and how did he feel about that okay so starting with how I felt about it since you asked me that first Mm -hmm. it's what I always wanted to be blunt I I watched a lot of YouTube couples and you know, everyone says, oh, their goals are, that's so cute. And I really wanted that experience. I wanted like a partner in life. I wanted someone to travel with and to have these life moments with. Mm-hmm. And so once we started dating, Vlogmas started right away. So I was filming every single day when we were just getting to know each other. So he ended up being in videos very early on. Mm-hmm. And at first he hit his face and I was really cautious of like posting too much of his Um, appearance and videos when he wasn't ready but um from the get-go I put the camera in his face and he was okay (laughs) with it yeah um yeah so I forgot what I was gonna say off of that but yes I was very public with it and like even clips of us like kissing and stuff I included because I was just so excited to finally have a boyfriend and someone to share that with online that I just wanted to show the whole world yeah um From his perspective, I think he was a little bit more cautious. He wasn't quite sure because he didn't know a lot about YouTube. His sister texted him one day and was like, I found your girlfriend's YouTube channel. I like, I love it or something. And then she told him that their grandma started watching our videos. And so what? (laughs) Yeah. So his entire family were avid fans. And I think that made him a little bit nervous because something so personal with his girlfriend was now being watched. Yeah. by his entire family. Yeah. Um, but he never really said much about it. He always let me film. Um, yeah, I think he was okay with it. He always tried to be supportive. How did he, like, find out that you, like, had this social media online presence? I told him on our first date. <laughs> you did? Yeah. Would you ever tell somebody on their first, on your, like, was it, like, naturally, or did you just, yes. like, Okay, so it, it wasn't like somehow. Okay, so it wasn't like, oh, so I have like this YouTube channel, <laughs> you know? No, I'm not the type of person to really say that unless yeah. it comes up. I'll like include it because I am really honest, but I don't like 
not like I'm bragging, but it's weird for me to be like, guess what? Like, yeah. I film in my bed and it's not a porno. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely feel the same way. Like, I don't go out of my way to tell people, like, Mm-mm. hey, I have a YouTube channel or like, hey, I make like online content, you know? Right. But I also don't keep it from them. If it comes up, it comes up. Okay. So that's like where we're a little different because like I kind of keep it from them. Because, like, I don't know, I think it's just, like, I've never been bullied in high school, especially, like, with these things. (laughs) I've never been bullied, but, like, I've seen so many, like, stories about it that Mm -hmm. I'm scared of being bullied. Well, it's a good thing that we're not in high school anymore. Because that's probably the only place that anyone would be bullied for this. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone that I've ever told is super supportive and they find it cool. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. And there's... There's a lot of people who are, like, I think it's because, like, we're getting older that they realize, hey, this, like, is actually, like, a career. Mm-hmm. And, like, this is actually what people do. Like, photographers, like, this is yeah. this is their job. Like, videographers, this is their job, you know? And it can lead to bigger projects as well. Yeah. So, would you ever be public with your relationship again? I don't think I will be as public as I was right away with my next relationship. I'm definitely trying to be more careful about that. Um, but... If it's going well, if it's a serious relationship, I'm going to make videos of us together for us, and I'll post them to have them on a platform s- somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want, like I, like you said, I try to be super honest and authentic with my viewers and my videos, so I will have to tell them, and I will include it, but it won't be right away. It won't be as obvious. I'll try to keep things private. Um, I had something else to say to this, too, but now I can't remember. Would it be like... If you broke up, being reminded of, like, videos that you have oh, online. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get... Okay, so my ex-boyfriend is in a handful of my videos. A yeah. handful of my most viewed videos, too. The travel ones. Yeah. So a lot of um, comments are about his appearance or his personality, which mm-hmm. isn't really showed in a montage travel video, but people yeah. still have an opinion. Mm-hmm. And when we were dating, I would get, like, hate comments about his appearance yeah and I would always delete them out of respect for him yeah but now I still get them and even last night we were just eating dinner and yeah. I got a notification that someone thought my boyfriend in the video was a douche yeah. or he looked like a douche he yeah. didn't even talk it was just like a montage video so you're like people always have an opinion and that was something that bothered me when I posted our videos together is that people like either didn't like his body image or how he kissed me or like how he didn't seem interested yeah but now because we broke up and I get them like the douche comment made me laugh whereas if we were together I would feel very bad and I would delete it how do you deal with putting your private life out there and someone putting very hurtful comments not about you but about someone you love it made it harder to share things Especially because I knew he would be watching and he does like to read the comments and I would never want him to see something mm-hmm. hurtful about him. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say really yeah, about that. I, I think like with me, I usually don't put a lot of super private things online just because I do like my privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that it's fun to just put a little bit out there. You become relatable in a way. Yeah, and my YouTube channel is like a visual journal for me. It's my online diary, so I want to remember what happened. Mm -hmm. And I I filmed the night I went on that first date. I did like a, a, maybe it was a Mornings with McKay episode. I don't remember. But I remember mentioning I had a first date that night and how I felt about it. With Brendan, yeah, or yeah, with my ex. (laughs) With my ex, yeah. 
<laughs> and so I like being able to go back and what's the word like just seeing it again chrono yeah like having all those chronological oh, yeah. dates and memories and pinpointing my life so even right now like I'm trying to be honest in clips and include private things without giving away too much so that for my own sake I'll remember mm-hmm. that oh that was the time when this was going on and look at how giddy I felt or nervous yeah. I was to text someone like yeah. in a cute way um and even last time you visited me in the summer I remember I was like seeing this guy and I only remember because it's in those vlogs and yeah. my other friend was reciting texts that I sent to him about it so yeah. it's cool to me to have that captured yeah I agree people just like have to especially if you have a bigger following it's just to respect someone's privacy they can put out as much as they want mm-hmm. or put as little as they want but you have to understand that that's also someone's personal life you know yeah like the hardest thing about that relationship was telling the internet that we broke up yeah i don't feel like you have to owe someone like an explanation especially like the internet i think you can also if you don't feel comfortable to Mm -hmm. i know you felt comfortable at that time yeah because you told them a few months after yeah i waited my last question for you i want to ask you because you mentioned that you thought you would be a new york girl and then um for quite some time i think the last two years you thought you would be an la Mm -hmm. girl and so now i want to ask you do you ever plan on moving out of minneapolis or minnesota I can see myself doing it, but I don't have any plans, if that makes sense. Because you had plans, like you wanted to move right after college. Yep, I was going to graduate college and then move to L.A. with my ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, when I graduated high school, I thought I was going to move to New York. So things can change, but I also realized from visiting Los Angeles so many times that I really love the city. I value its energy and creative, like, like aura atmosphere atmosphere out there yes um but I also realize now that I'm living on my own paying my own bills that I afford I can afford life here and I can't afford LA life right now and it would just be a really poor decision on my part yeah to move out there yeah but I still love it I, I love visiting and if it happens and I get an opportunity or I feel like it's time I will make the move but I'm really content being where I am right now yeah I like I agree we talk about this a lot Mm -hmm. um and a lot of like people on social media they're from like California and LA well they're not from there but they yeah they they, move there (laughs) yeah so their location is like California and LA and I think it's pretty refreshing having people that aren't from there you know yeah I agree just like that song we listened to yesterday where it said all the girls in LA are dry or something like that Azzy yeah 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 I love that song but I agree like it's good to have like representation of people from other areas besides LA because you can make it without being in LA right you don't have to move to LA to be successful now exactly I don't want to like shame anybody but I feel like when you move to LA there is how do you say it like there's a lot of pressure I think to put on a certain image when you're in LA being you know in the Midwest and being in the East Coast you give something that's refreshing and that's Mm -hmm. different I follow youtubers from all around the world partially because i'm curious how their life is like where Mm -hmm. they live but if everyone lived in la like that content is really repetitive all the la youtubers i watch i know what i'm getting into when i watch their channel yeah 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 i agree 
All right, so that is the end of the interview. We're just gonna do some questions now. Um, so we asked you guys to ask us some questions. So I'm gonna ask Michaela them and we're gonna like kind of answer them back and forth. But I want like you to have more input on this. Okay. Okay, so what is the main goal at the moment? I think we kind of talked about this, but six months from now. Okay. To save more money, just like continue to hustle. What I was saying earlier, I'm really trying this post-grad adventure of trying to self-employ myself yeah that was really redundant (laughs) I think like with that the scariest part is that you don't have a blueprint Mm -mm. like you don't know what is gonna happen exactly six months from now yeah it's pretty scary but I just remembered a goal that I actually did make okay um a few weeks a few months ago what is it um I told myself that I wouldn't date for a year after this relationship I was like 2019 is the year of me no boys do not download dating apps don't indulge yeah um (laughs) so how's that going (laughs) I'm still trying yeah I don't know if it's gonna be like a year okay well I always said that like, I wouldn't download Tinder. I wouldn't start anything. But if it happens organically, that's out of my control and it's meant to happen. So I'll follow my heart and do that. And I didn't expect it to happen so soon. Yeah. But things are in the works. Yeah. <laughs> I think you said not to be in a relationship or not to date. Because I feel like those Ooh, are two different things. Not to be in a relationship because... I recently started feeling great single. Like, it took a while to feel okay, and I feel really good right now. And I was casually meeting people and going on a date here and two, here and there. Dating, I think, is okay, but mm-hmm. I didn't want to be in a relationship. And fun fact, when you date people, you end up sometimes wanting to be in a relationship with them. And that's kind of where I am right now. Yeah. And we're at this weird stage because he's definitely aware that I wanted to be single for a year Mm -hmm. but now I don't know exactly what is best for me or what I want yeah but that was a goal and we'll see how long that lasts but I think as long as I don't download tinder as long as I don't um like pursue anything myself yeah then I still will follow it (laughs) so advice for freshmen uh college freshmen struggling with time management I'm a writer, so the thing that came to mind was, like, write it all out. Write out, like, what you have to do, the deadlines, prioritize what's due first, and just stay on top of it. Honestly, you have to get a planner. You have to know what is expected. Professors provide syllabuses or syllabi for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also a writer, but I'm also a visual person, so I have to see it. Mm -hmm. The best thing is to just have self-control. That's very hard, but you need to have self-control. And you need to know how your mind and how you work best. Yes. You know, for me, like, I like to, my friends know this, I like to study alone. I like to do my work alone. Me too. Because I get things done fast. But, you know, there are also study dates, and it's like, okay, should I go on this study date or not? Because I know I'm not going to get a lot done. And if I do choose to go to this study date, then... I'm wasting a lot of time that I could use for something else, you know? Mm-hmm. So it goes back to self-control and learning how you work best. Yeah, I think that's very well said. Someone asked college advice. It's very general, but what is, like, one thing you would tell someone in college? One college advice. I think we already touched on this either in the podcast and or in my video that we filmed. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
knowing that it's okay not to follow the traditional path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I think for me is to just put yourself out there and try to, mm-hmm. like, be a little – I wouldn't say, like, put yourself in a very uncomfortable situation, but just push yourself a little bit. Yeah. Um, I like to be comfortable – but I've noticed that whenever I put myself in like a uncomfortable situation, because I am introverted, I do prefer to like stay in a small bubble. Mm-hmm. Whenever I do put myself out there and get to know more people and like maybe join a club or something, I I do feel happier at the end. Like I'm glad I did yeah. that. So putting yourself out there is a big one, and I think with college you should put yourself out there. I agree. It's a time where you are learning about yourself. Yes. Oops. have you been able to travel as a student or study abroad Ooh, i like this question because i think it's super easy to travel as a college student than Mm -hmm. it was in high school just based on your schedule a lot of schools like from my experience i had classes mondays through thursday Mm -hmm. and then we were allowed up to like three absences a semester without penalty so i would plan vacations around that and i would either leave like thursday after class and get back monday night or something like that and some semesters i only had classes mondays and wednesdays so if i missed class on monday i could also be out of town until tuesday yeah i could go up to like a week's vacation and be okay with school Mm -hmm. um i traveled a ton in college partially because i was in a relationship and so we wanted to travel together but also because i was making more of my own money because I was working more yeah and I wanted to see I wanted to see more of the world before I got a job and wasn't able to yeah but the study abroad question I wanted to when I was applying to college I always thought I would and then when I got to college I just didn't want to it was a weird 180 for me I did want to study abroad too um my friends and I wanted to do it together but I think, like, for all of us financially, mm-hmm. it just didn't work out. And I'm okay with that. You know, I think even if you can't study abroad, do take the opportunity to just travel. And you don't have to yeah. travel far to have fun, you know. Right. But definitely in college, I've traveled more than I've traveled in my lifetime, I think. Especially last year, 2018. Yeah, I think I did too. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, for both of us, I think 2018 we went oh to a gosh, lot of places. Yeah. So 2018 was definitely a year of travels. It really was. Um, so this isn't really a question, but I just wanted to give them a shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, Morgan and Jules said, how are you guys so perfect? Oh, so, That's so sweet of you guys. <laughs> and the last question I have is, how did it take you to gain a following on social media? Mm-hmm. Like how long did it take us? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think this I- is like more qualified for you because you have a bigger following especially because like you've grown so much on youtube Mm -hmm. this year so i think you're just more qualified to (laughs) answer this it's funny because i feel like it didn't happen fast it happened very gradually so Uh i didn't even notice it i went from zero subscribers to a thousand in six months Mm because i i have a youtube journal so i like to document the dates of when i hit milestones and i was hustling so hard youtube was also a very different platform back then so the content i was creating was like college expectations versus reality yeah. um summer expectations versus reality yeah. like i mean youtube had like the diy phase and yeah. it had like the i did um like a, a bikini lookbook yeah there's like <laughs> there was like the guru phase with the fashion mm-hmm. outfits then there was a diy phase then there was the expectations versus reality phase yeah like the skits 
Yeah, the and day. then there was a slime phase. Oh my gosh, yeah. And right now it's like, I feel like it's more college, minimalist lifestyle phase. I also like tried really hard to connect with a lot of people. So I was networking mm-hmm. um, and creating a lot of relationships and collabing. So I worked really hard. And once I hit 1,000, it felt so rewarding. All I wanted to do was hit 2,000 and then 3,000 and then so on and so on. And dropping out of college, like those videos helped. Because people, yeah, not to be like, oh, like a viral, viral video. And it's not to be like, oh, you need to do something drastic to get a following. mm -hmm. I think it was like being honest and following my own path. People respected that and they realized that like, oh, like this girl's doing something different and she's following her heart and that's motivating. So I want to keep up with her life. Yeah. And I was also just, okay, I don't want to explain it, but. I go back and forth between wanting to make content that will do well and then wanting to make content that I have always wanted to make. And I kind of promised myself that you were going to make every type of video that you've ever wanted to make. Screw like trendy videos or whatever and just post what you want to post because people will appreciate that. And it's also not really for the views as much as it is for your own pleasure of wanting to make that. Like your poetry ones. Mm -hmm. Like your visual poetry videos. Yeah. Yeah, like, I never post a video thinking, like, oh, this is going to do well, and I never post a video, like, or I never regret a video that I post that isn't doing great because I made it for myself, and I want to be proud of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the question, even? I might... Just, like, how did you... Oh, how, yeah. did, how I guess, like, how long, and how did it... How did you gain a following? Um, I just... I, like, my personality, I feel like, is really, like painted onto my channel so people within 10 seconds of scrolling can get an idea of like okay so this girl was in college she likes to write she has a cat yeah um and she travels a lot I try to really highlight my personality so people know right away what they're getting into Mm -hmm. um so I guess good branding consistency and yeah I mean the path is so different for every single creator yeah like I mean there's people there's people who like make YouTube videos or just like create stuff online and they'll gain like a following within six months yeah and then there's like us who have been working for years and so it's very different but I think slow and steady always wins the race Mm -hmm. because your followers are I hate calling them followers but Mm -hmm. these people are like there for you yeah they're they're loyal yeah they've known you for Mm -hmm. so long so yeah all right, so that concludes the podcast today. You want to tell them how they can find you on social media? Yeah, so my YouTube channel is my full name, Michaela Samuntry. Do you want to spell that? Uh, M-A-K-A-Y-L-A-S-A-M-O-U-N-T-R-Y. Uh-huh. My Instagram is McKayK17. And most of my other socials you can find based on those two socials. I will try to leave all the links down below as well so that it's easier for you guys to find Michaela. And we recently, just literally a few hours mm-hmm. ago, filmed a Morning with McKayK video, um, which I will... Do you know when you're going to post that? Um, I'll try to post it when you post this, but okay. it might be like two weeks on average. I don't know. Is that too far? I'll try to get it up soon. Yeah. But no worries just like send me the link um and i'll update the description but yeah that's really it we are what are we gonna do now we need to go um go eat we need to go eat (laughs) oh we were gonna we're going to pick up some champagne oh yeah all right in my flutes (laughs) (laughs) all right that concludes today's episode thank you guys so much for listening and i will talk to you guys in my next one 
Thank you guys so much for listening on today's episode on the Hello 20s podcast. Let's get connected and continue our conversation over on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at Y-U-A-N-X-Q-I-U. I hope to see you there and I'll talk to you guys on my next episode.